Welcome everyone, and you're listening to Punchline, the show that brings you poetry and perspective for the young and the young at heart. I'm your host, Hannah Flores, the poet. Now let's get started. Beyonce did it again. And with her new film, Black is King, being released on Disney+, Plus, a lot of people are talking about it, asking questions, and feeling inspired to really connect back with their own roots um, with the messages and visuals that she's presented, which are on point. So, in light of that, today's episode is just going to be focused on identity and poetry And with my new guest, you are not going to want to miss out on this special episode with twice the poetry and two times the perspective. It's going to be amazing today, and I'm super excited for this episode. Today, I'll be reciting two shorter poems that I wrote. Um, One, the first one is called Spring Cleaning, and it has won a few awards already even though i only wrote it this summer and it's it's shorter it's short to the point but i think once you hear the poem the message will basically speak for itself so here goes nothing as i sweep the floors of this house this body You sweep things under the rugs, leaving the pages of our stories to fade into dust, turning our skins into doormats. You let all the houseplants wilt, depriving this house of the extra oxygen that it needs. You've cleaned out the bookshelves and the pantry, covered all of the furniture, because you didn't want me to know how to know, how to cook. How to live and not just survive. You did not want me to have heirlooms. You emptied this house so it wouldn't feel like a home. My home. So it wouldn't feel inviting anymore. Cleansing this house to the point where it seems that it was always vacant. And that, folks, is spring cleaning. So as I said, short to the point. And I wrote this recently, and it even won the Write the World um, Word Pick Wednesday, which was amazing. And um, thank you, shout out to Write the World for that. And um, yeah, I think I've really taken a liking to writing shorter poems. Usually my poetry is several minutes long just for competition length. It's like roughly three minutes for a poem. And there are a couple pages, like one or two, but this poem is short. And now I have a whole collection of short poems that are covering different topics compared to this, but they're roughly the same length and pack just as much of a punch. And the next one that I will be reciting for you guys today is called Construction. And this is another short poem that I wrote um, recent, actually very recently. So um, I'm excited to recite it for you guys. Mom says to do something constructive. Mom says to do something constructive. So I do it. I keep building. Continue laying bricks, 
pouring concrete already being forced to build a system that was not built for me that was not built for us self-made demolitionist of my own destiny laying down the foundation in a framework of crumbling grief I wonder when mom was told to do something constructive for the first time. Thank you. Those are my two poems, Spring Cleaning and Construction. Um, I think that the two go hand in hand in a way, but you can take away whatever messages you want. I will not explain how to think or what to think of my poetry. Take away the messages that you want. And I hope that you do take away something um, from this. And I'm excited to see where these poems take me and how their messages transcend out into the world. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking that subscribe button right now. Punchline is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for continuing to stream and check out my Instagram page at Punchline Podcast or the host Instagram account at Hannah Flores the Poet for more updates and information. I'm always uploading new content and sharing ideas, perspectives, poetry, you name it. You already heard it today on that new episode, which is very special. And let's go back into today's regular scheduled programming. I really just did that, didn't I? I just gave you guys two fairly new pieces of poetry that are on the shorter side for the price of one episode. I really hope that you enjoyed them and you take away something from each of those poems and that you continue to stream the show, listen to the show, share the episode, share the poetry, share the vibe, the messages, everything. Thank you so much for your support thus far and going forward. But I am very excited to introduce to you guys my incredible and amazing new guest. Her name is Safa Ali. She is a 17-year-old student from Toronto who has a passion for English and history. She loves to use her writing as well as leadership positions at school to inform her classmates about causes that are important to her. She does this as well through um, her charity where she makes and sells pieces of jewelry to go to deserving causes. That's where all the funding goes. And in her free time, she loves to crochet, sew, and read as well. So let's bring her onto the show. Hey, Safa, welcome to Punchline. Hi, Hannah, how are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you today? Good, thank you so much for having me. No problem at all. I'm very excited to have you on the show. And um, it's great to have you. So let's get right into the questions. So what's in a name? What significance do you think your name has in your identity and who you are? So um, for me personally, my name was something that I didn't really grasp the significance of until I was much older. And I think part of the reason is just because it's in the background of your life. It's something that you've had for such a long time. And I didn't really think much about the unique connection it has to your culture, really your individuality and your identity. But I think the way that I gave my name to others and the way that others pronounced my name did really have an impact on me. 
And the reason is because when I was younger, my teachers always used to pronounce my name with an elongated first vowel. So instead of Safa, it would be Safa. And that is the way most people see it off of paper. So um, I never really thought to correct it. I didn't want to be rude. I didn't want to come across as impertinent or anything like that. So um, when I got older, I stayed at the same school. I learned more about the meaning and the story of my name. And I started to develop more pride in it. And I felt really almost phony. I felt it was a little bit jarring. Um, as I got older, when my name was pronounced at school versus with my family at home, as it should be pronounced. And um, I really wish I had enough courage or um, was brave enough to stand up and correct my teachers, as so many of my classmates do um, in school now, even politely. And this struggle is something that has kind of buzzed in my head for a while and was the inspiration to write poems. Awesome. I mean, I think a lot of kids our age can definitely relate to the struggles that you feel when it comes to pronunciation of your name and things like that, um, especially when there's supply teachers and they don't know you, so then they're trying to go through the attendance, and it can be a really hard struggle for them sometimes to make it through the attendance and having people feel, I guess, a little bit awkward when their name is pronounced incorrectly. One of the reasons why I was so excited about this interview is because you are also an amazing poet. And I'm so excited to have another poet on the show and recite something. And you have an amazing piece entitled The Greatest. So please go ahead whenever you're ready and share it with my audience. Okay, sounds good. Okay, yeah. so as you said, this poem is called The Greatest. The greatest, tell me how you did it. How, in our bookcase, your biography, like a scuffed leather armchair or dusty picture frames, was always there. From house to house, from year to year, was always clean of dust because I looked at the pictures, on each page a picture of you. When you passed away, mosques peeled with sermons about your character as frequently as Adhan, calls of prayer. I barely knew you, and yet your voice, your voice like poetry seeped out of the film and grain like maple syrup. Concentrated so only the sweetness would remain, saying to float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. You injured a stone, hospitalized to break through. You were so mean you'd make medicine sick. And you were the greatest even before you knew you were. You were a fighter, and so unlike me in every way. And it hasn't slipped my notice that we share the same surname, mine by family and yours by audacity, because for you, Ali was a non-beginner. Your name challenged Shakespeare, who asked, what's in a name? A rose by another name would smell as sweet. But you know what, and pardon me if I disagree, because the rose may still smell as sweet, but if you don't pour out the dregs of dew, you would miss the intricacies of the etymology, how my name means purity in Arabic, and how Safa turned to Safa, because it is easier to stand to the side and not waste breath on solving stray syllables. Every day, I simply wanted to get by. But the greatest, tell me how to live. 
You wanted to live when you were in the ring, and each challenger was served the swerving comeuppance of your left-right combinations, ugly uppercuts, and chortling charisma that left them cold and concussed. You wanted to live when you fought your last fight, Parkinson's disease, which made your hands tremor and your speech slur, but still you carried two torches, one for an Olympic flame and one for all who think that it is simply enough to get by. You wanted to live when, in the eighth, you taunted Terrell, who called you Cassius Clay, spitting through face marred and mouth guard, what's my name? A smooth shuffle and a sock in the eye, question rendered rhetorical. What's my name? I asked myself the same question, and I don't want it to be rhetorical, because your name is the one thing that precedes and follows you. It holds your legacy and buoys your reputation. You taught me that we don't carry our names. They carry us, our idiosyncrasies, our every deed in the mind of others. You taught me that your name is your first and last impression on your first certificate and your last stamp on your future and your past. So, Muhammad Ali, tell me how to be myself. Tell me how to fight every fight and not be afraid to correct stray syllables that slip away and dregs of dew that may stay, how to strive and gain respect. Tell me how I can ask, confident and true. What's my name? Say it, I dare you. Okay, okay, snaps all the way. That was beautiful and I think a lot of people need to hear this poem. I'm so happy that you felt comfortable and vulnerable enough to share it with Punchline and the rest of my audience. I think they can really take away a powerful message that you just delivered. And again, I'm in awe because it was just, it was just beautiful. I loved it. And thank, thank you so much. No problem. Thank you for writing it and performing it. Amazing. Um, okay, so can you tell me how you did it in a way? Tell me a little bit about your writing process, um, your place of inspiration, and any challenges you faced while writing it. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess for me, I'm sure you can relate to this as well, but whenever I come to write anything, it's really based on various things from my life, various scraps um, of events. And so what really prompted me to write this poem was when I was elected as part of my student council. And so um, as such, I needed to write and perform a poem about art, not a poem, sorry, a speech about a personal journey. And um, so I had to hearken back to things that happened in my life. And so when I was younger, other people sometimes used to tease me. They used to make jokes that I was related to the boxer, Muhammad Ali, because my last name also happens to be um, Ali. And so um, I didn't really know much about him at the time. But in later years, when I was looking through some of my dad's books, I found a book of um, his life and with pictures and everything. And so really his transition between Cassius Clay and then Muhammad Ali was what really made me thoughtful about my own relationship with my name and really my relationship um, as a Muslim. And so um, this year in English class, we also had a spoken word poetry unit. And um, I really fell in love with the medium, kind of how it allows you to convey different emotions, but at the same time make those listening really tune in 
um, really deeply. And so one of the challenges that I had um, while writing the poem was trying to find that balance between the historical information of his life, but then also the personal details that I wanted to include, to include part in about my own life. And um, I also didn't really want to make it seem like I was just complaining the whole time that it was only the responsibility of other people to get my name right. And um, really, the poem is just a letter about coming to terms with my own identity and keeping it in this form, which is addressed to Muhammad Ali, allowed me to achieve um, that balance, like I was saying, between the historical information and then uh, my own personal uh, journey. Incredible. Um, I mean, I think clearly there was so much, there were so many moments in there where you feel like you get to know a person or you, you get to know you. We get to know who you are and um, even just something so simple as a name, something that you could easily write down on a piece of paper. It has so much depth to it that a lot of people don't even realize, um, especially with cultural names or religiously um, engaged names. Um, there's so much context and history just wrapped up in a tiny small word and um, I think your poem does a beautiful, again, amazing, beautiful job of just um, giving people almost a bridge to connect your name with the significance that it has and its own beauty in and of itself. So, um, what are three short-term and long-term goals that you have? Because clearly you're on a great path to success already. Yeah, so in terms of um, short-term goals, I think that in our current social climate with what's been happening um, these days, there's so many stories that are being passed around and really rightfully so been getting more attention and about figures that have been in the dark for so long. So um, be it articles or books, I really want to take this time to just learn about those stories and really engage with them and find out more about these issues and these people. And um, in terms of... Uh, long-term goals i'd love to do some more charity work so my cousins my sister and i we started a charity called blossoms for hope where um, every other year we choose a deserving cause and then we make and we sell jewelry to raise money for that cause and so i would just love to grow it and expand um, a range of causes that we support awesome i mean i love it when people tell their stories about um, philanthropy or just volunteerism. It's something that I think everybody could definitely engage more in more of. Um, and it's very helpful because we're donating time, resources, and money in all shapes and forms to allow other people to improve themselves. And um, it's great to see people be passionate about social justice issues and try to help in their own way. So, what do you enjoy during quarantine? Because we're all kind of stuck in our homes um, looking for ideas and trying to keep ourselves engaged. Yeah, for sure. So um, during quarantine, I'm really just these days doing anything that I had an excuse to not do earlier. So things like everyone else is doing, like exercising, getting out more, but then also um, kind of delving into more interests, like I was mentioning with um, reading more biographies, reading more about new people, um, 
And also I'm trying to set up workshops to teach younger kids, like my cousins, uh, more about writing and more about um, reading. Awesome. And I guess to wrap up the interview, what makes you feel powerful? That's a really good question. You know, um, for me personally, what makes me feel powerful is um, sharing and discussing topics that are important to me. So, um, for instance, with this poem, I had a chance to recite it um, in front of my high school at assembly, and many people came up to me afterwards um, saying that they had learned something new. So whether it was even just about Muhammad Ali himself or asking how my name is really pronounced, um, I think there's nothing really better as a writer than um, someone gaining something from something you've written or something that you've performed. And um, I'm sure you feel the same way whenever you get to share something like that and it's really truly heard. It really makes you feel powerful as you know, a writer, a historian, a poet, a storyteller, whatever you happen to be. And it really gives you the drive and the motivation to continue writing and continue sharing those stories. very excited to see what you do in the future and i wish you all the best well i guess that brings us to the punchline i'm your host tana flores the poet and thanks for tuning in again for another awesome episode um continue to stream my show on all platforms spotify apple Podcasts, podbean google play and soon to be on stitcher i'm very excited about how the show is moving along and progressing and our audience is growing which is great so continue to share if you liked what you heard please i would greatly appreciate that and continue to follow the instagram account at punchline podcast run that follower count up it's still going up and i'm very happy about that and also check out my personal instagram page at hannah flores the poet for more constant updates about the show about me and just about things going on in the world and any poetry that i'll throw in there too thanks again for tuning in and have a really great day